John chapter 5, verse number 1. Let me read about eight verses to you. John chapter 5, verse number Number one says this, and afterward Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of, of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Let's skip to verse number five. And one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years, 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, he knew he'd been ill for a long time. He asked him, he said, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, he said, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled up a sleeping mat and he began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath day. I want to talk to you again today about every person is a pastor. Part three, every person is a pastor. Every single person has some kind of a ministry in your circle of influence, okay? In, your, in, in the place that you live, in your neighborhood, on your job, in your family, every single person has got a ministry, whether you are a preacher or a nurse or a teacher or a secretary or a carpenter or a tradesman or a retail clerk or some kind of an administrative assistant or some type of a businessman, every single individual, God has a ministry for you. And I believe that the scripture supports the fact that every single believer in Christ is a pastor to someone somewhere. And I'll talk to you about that a little bit later. Here's what we've already talked about in a nutshell. Opportunity for ministry is not always convenient, but God's called us to it. God wants us to be an initiator of God's love rather than an intimidator of God's love because we reach out to people as we show them kindness and love and consideration and compassion. Unlikely people make great impact. And then last week I talked to you about connection opens the door for hope. And then finally, connection creates an opportunity for transformation. So here's our starting point today. Okay, you ready for it? If you're taking notes, you can write it down. Desperate people are ready to receive. Desperate people are ready, ready to receive. We got a lot of desperate people in the world that we live in today. We've got, they, they tell us that, that the, the suicide rate is climbing, especially among students and young adults. That people today have, have, have got to the place of hopelessness in their life and they don't see any use going on. But desperate people are ready to receive Jesus Christ. At the pool of Bethesda, Jesus saw all kinds of sick people. Because there was a legend, and I actually skipped that verse, I think in number four. There was a legend that said that once a year an angel would come down to the pool of Bethesda and the angel would stir up the waters and the legend said this, the first person in the pool would be healed. And so here's what happened. Desperate people came to the pool. Hopeless people came to the pool. They were looking for their miracle. And so when Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, he knew that desperate, hopeless, hurting, broken People would be at the pool, so he specifically went there. Why? So he could transform someone. So he could change their fate. So he could change their destiny. 
and he went to the pool. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was looking for an opportunity. And my challenge to you today is, are you looking for your opportunity? Because desperate people are ready to receive. I talk to people all the time and say, Pastor Bob, I really want a ministry. Well, do you realize this? You've got desperate, hopeless people all around about you, and you have an opportunity. You say, Pastor Bob, I'm no one. If you've been saved, if Christ has come into your life, you've got a story to tell, all right? And so every single one of us is a pastor somewhere in some particular place. Everywhere that Jesus went, he was searching for an opportunity to transform someone. He never took a vacation from his mission to seek and to save that which was lost. It didn't matter what day it was, he was on a mission. It didn't matter if he was on a retreat, he was on a, a mission. It didn't matter where he was, if he was in the marketplace, he was on a mission. Wherever that he went about, he was on a mission to seek and to save that which was lost. And that is exactly what God has called us to do because desperate people are ready to receive Jesus. They're looking for something. They're looking for Jesus and they just don't realize it. So when Jesus saw, went to the pool of Bethesda, he saw one crippled man and he had compassion on him because Jesus already knew. The scripture says this. He already knew this, the man had been sick for a long time because Jesus knows all things. He's God, all right? He's Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, okay? He's a member of the Trinity, okay? He knows everything. He already knew the man had been afflicted and sick for 38 years. So he was attracted. He was drawn to this one man. And he went to touch this man and to transform his life. He was always on the lookout for the opportunity. He was looking for the opportunity to share with that desperate person, to share hope and transformation in the life of that particular man. The problem with most Christians of the 20th century church is we're on permanent vacation from our mission. Or we don't even realize that we're on mission. We think it's all about, well, it's all about my blessing. It's all about my spiritual Rocky Mountain High, okay? And the, the, the problem is too many Christians are seeking a brand new touch, a brand new experience, a brand new blessing from God rather than the great commission of Jesus Christ, which is to seek and to save that which is lost, which is to share our story, to tell what Christ has done for us. And so, and you say, well, Pastor, I've tried to share my faith before and the results haven't been very good, but, but here's what we do a lot of times, okay? We get into a group of unbelievers, we get into a gigantic group of unbelievers, 20 different unbelievers, okay? And if you get into a group of 20 unbelievers and you start talking about Jesus Christ is the only way to, to God, you're going to start an argument, okay? And 20 people, I guarantee probably 15 of them are going to jump all over your back, okay? And they're going to beat you down, and you're going to be like, wow, God. you're going to walk away from that experience and say, I'm never going to share my faith again. You say, Pastor Bob, I tried to share my faith, and I got my brains beat in. Okay? The reason is we were not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We were too impatient. And I, already to I told you last week that when we get impatient, good things don't happen. Okay, When we're impatient. 
We can't be hasty about sharing our faith, but rather we need to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive to the needs of desperate people because desperate people are ready to receive. Desperate people won't argue with you, okay? Because they're looking. I, I worked with a guy, and he loved to argue about religion. He loved to talk. He loved to talk on, and, and bash what I believed in. Okay, but one night, him and I were working downtown Columbia, Missouri, on top of the power plant down there at 3 o'clock in the morning, James. And he began to share his desperation with me about his never really knew who his father was. Okay, his mother had died. Okay, and he began to share his heart, and I had a tremendous opportunity to share Jesus Christ with him that night on the roof of that place at 3 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because desperate people are ready to receive Jesus Christ if you and I will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. What God is speaking into our heart and what, how God is leading with us. Last week, I stopped at my brother-in-law's house. I stopped at Lyndon Ernie's house, and uh, I, I uh, was, was sitting there talking to them for a few minutes. And, and Ernie began to tell me, he said, you know what? He said, I was on my lunch break. And when I was on my lunch break, he said, I was out taking a walk because, you know, He's concerned about his fitness and, and, you know, whatever. And so I'm out taking a walk. He said, I see this guy walking toward me. And he said, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, why don't you share your faith with that fellow? And so as soon as the guy got close, he, first of all, he didn't say, you need to get saved. <laughs> he didn't say, repent, you lousy sinner. No. He came up and he said, hey, how's it going today? You know, how you doing? What's up? What do you think? How about the Chiefs, you know? Struck up a little conversation with him, and then he said, I got a question for you. He said, what gives you hope in this world? And here's what the man told him. He said, I don't have much hope in this world. And he said, I don't think there's much hope for the future. Whoa! God opened a door through a conversation for him to share Jesus Christ with this man. And he said, you know what? He said, I was able to talk to him. He said, he did not argue with me. <laughs> he did not try to refute everything that I was saying, but he was receiving what God was, was, was giving to him through me. And he said, that's really what I want to do. He said, I don't want to argue with people. I just want to share Jesus Christ with people. And, I, and that, wouldn't, wouldn't that be wonderful? Just, just the, the simplicity of sharing the love of Jesus. And that is possible because desperate people, if we're led by the Holy... Now listen, the Holy Spirit could lead you to talk to a billionaire who seems to have the world by the tail, okay? He could, the, the, the Holy Spirit could lead you to, to talk to a person that seems like they, they're un, unsaved, but it seems like they're the happiest person on the face of the earth. The Holy Spirit could lead you to talk to someone in any walk of life, okay? If we're led of the Holy Spirit and we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit because desperate people, sometimes people are rich and they're still desperate, okay? Sometimes people have a big smile on their face and they're desperate, they're longing, they're looking, they're, they're, they're interested in the things, uh, uh, there's got to be a better way. They're looking, they're longing in their heart. But here's what Jesus did. He seized the opportunity. He saw the man at the pool of Bethesda, and he asked the man, he said, if he wanted to be healed. 
And this crippled man was completely helpless. He told Jesus, he said, I really have no hope. He said, because I have no one to put me into the pool when the angel comes and troubles the water. I have no one to put me in the pool. But he looked on Jesus and he realized this, that his only hope was in Jesus. My friend, the only hope for man, the only hope for a woman today is in Jesus Christ. The only real hope, the only real peace is in Jesus Christ. Listen, there's a lot of good self-help, okay? There's a lot of great counseling, all right? I understand that. But, but truly, the only, the only real peace, the only lasting joy comes from knowing Jesus Christ and, and walking with him each and every day. Jesus sees the opportunity. The only real hope is in Jesus Christ. And this world today is full of people that are helpless and that are desperate. This world of, is full of people that's ready to give up. They might be sick or broken or wounded. The affliction might be visible. With this crippled man, the, the sickness was visible. It was obvious that this man was crippled. He was unable to walk. He, was, he had a physical handicap. It was, it was obvious what his, what his problem was. There's other people today, and the, the sickness, the brokenness, the affliction is totally invisible to them. I'm going to share a story to you today that's, that's kind of difficult for me to share uh, I have a good I have I have have a good friend I had a good friend and uh, he uh, th this friend of mine uh, this friend of mine took his own life and uh, I didn't realize that my friend and I was talking to I was talking to a family member of his and was telling me what had happened to him, and, I, and he began to share, she began to share with me about my friend, and she said, when, when he was a young man, because of a poor decision, listen, folks, we got to be careful of the things that we do, okay? He said, because of a, a poor decision, he acquired an STD that was totally incurable, and he struggled with this thing his whole life, and uh, because of it, was never able to get in a long-term lasting relationship for fear that he would infect his wife. And so just lived as, and, and was single. And I always wondered why, you know, alone, alone. And then finally, uh, took his own life. And I didn't even know, I didn't know, I didn't know how sick he was. I didn't know what was going on. He was holding this on the inside of him. And I wish that I, I wish he would have opened up and talked to me about it, you know. And I could have prayed with him about. But there, but today, but the point that I'm making is this: there are people today that are suffering with things. They look well, they look whole, but they're suffering with something that you and I just don't know about. All right, and uh, I, I know that's 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 it's hard sometimes to open up. To people and and you can't share your story with everybody, but but folks, we we need we need to be close enough. We need to find a fellow believer in Christ that we can trust, that loves God with all their heart, that that is wise in the things of God and wise in the Word of God, and find someone that we can share 
our desperation or discouragement with. Can I get a witness today? We, we need to be able to, and, and we need to be willing to, to listen to people. We need to be willing to talk to people. We need to be willing to encourage them in the faith. You say, well, Pastor Bob, I just don't know what I would even, even say to them. Well, first of all, one of the most powerful things you can do is just listen. Just listen. And let people know that you care and you, and you love them and you've got compassion for them. What, that's one of the most important things that you can do for them. And then... If and when the time is right, the Holy Spirit can give you a word and you can deliver it to them and you can say, wow, where in the world did that come from? It came from the throne room of God. God can use you because desperate people are ready to receive Jesus. And the only real hope is in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can remove the guilt and the shame Okay, he's the only one that can remove that 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 feeling of desperation and hopelessness. He is the only one that can do that. It's it's supernatural. It's a supernatural work today. We got to be looking for that opportunity to minister to other people, to bless other people, to to help other people in their need, in their circumstances. Jesus was sensitive to the need of the helpless and the hopeless. He was sensitive. He reached out to this sick man. He reached out to this man that was all alone in the crowd. This world is full of people that's alone in the crowd. This world is full of people. We've got more uh, social media today. We've got more platforms to connect with people than ever before, but we got more lonely people than we've ever had before, Okay. Because what we got is we got all this superficial stuff going on. We get on Facebook, and on Facebook, everyone is in Hawaii, except for me. <laughs> and everyone else is eating a big steak dinner, except for me. You know what I'm saying? Everyone else, everyone else got, a, got a brand new pony, except for me. All right? And we're seeing all this glorious glamorous stuff. I, I just, I, I'm not going to get into that. Let's, let's go on. I don't wanna, I'm going to start meddling here a second, okay? <laughs> but today, Jesus is looking for that opportunity. He saw the man. He was all alone in the crowd. He initiated the conversation. He built a bridge of connection with the desperate man. Every person is a pastor to someone somewhere. You got to get that. Last point. Last point is this. Okay, every person is a pastor to someone somewhere. Here's the question. Who is the someone and where is the somewhere? Who is the someone? Where is the somewhere? Because you're a pastor. You say, I don't feel like I'm ever going to preach a sermon. You don't have to. It's a conversation. It's a connection. It's a bridge. It's sharing your story. It's sharing what Jesus Christ has done for you. It's sharing the transformation that's happened in your life. It's not hard to do. It's being led of the Holy Spirit. Who is the someone and where is the somewhere? Your workplace or your neighborhood or the PTA, if you're a member of it, can be your somewhere. People around us are desperate. They're all alone in the crowd. They don't have a single friend to help them. No one seems to care. 
No one is reaching out to them. No one is talking to them. No one is praying for them. And right now, you are working and living in the middle of your somewhere. You got to get this. You're living in the middle. You're walking through the middle of your somewhere every day. Every day, you're meeting that someone. Every day, someone needs it. Someone needs Jesus. Someone know, needs to have the only real peace that they can find in the life of Jesus Christ. Who is the someone and where is the somewhere? The crowds surrounded the crippled man. Here's the problem with the crowds that surrounded the crippled man. They were all in their own desperation, okay? They were all in their own hopelessness. They all had their own set of problems. They're all fighting to get in the pool, okay? And they're throwing elbows and arms and legs, and they're kicking people out of the way, and they're trying to get in there, okay? We used to sing a song a long time ago that there's room at the cross for you. Anyone ever heard that song before? There's room at the cross for you, okay? You, there, there's never a point where someone got there before you, you got the last one. You ever go that? You ever go to an ice cream stand? How many of you guys like to go to Ruby's in, in St. James, Missouri? Do you, does anyone go to Ruby's in St. James, Missouri and go down there and get the coconut almond ice cream, okay? You need to stop in there and get you a coconut almond ice cream. Okay, and I walk into I walk into Ruby's, and as soon as I walk in, I walk up to that counter, and I look at all the kinds of ice cream. And you know what? There's been a time or two I've walked in there, and I looked and said coconut almond, and I looked, and the carton's empty, or something. And the, I'll say I really wanted coconut almond. I'm sorry. We just gave out the last cone five minutes ago. You're never going to run into that with Jesus, okay? You're never going to run into that dilemma because there's room. There's enough room. There's enough grace. There's enough hope. There's enough healing for every single man and woman, young adult, teenager, child. There's room today. Jesus took the time to make the connection. He took the time to initiate the conversation. He took the, the opportunity to ask the question, do you want to be healed? The man said, yes, but there's no one to put me in. Someone else always gets ahead of me. And Jesus is like, well, it's your lucky day. Because <laughs> you don't need to go in that pool to get healed. Take up your bed and walk. And Jesus instantly healed and transformed that man. Every one of us today, we are all pastors to someone somewhere. So who is the someone and where is the somewhere? And we've got to be intentional in our compassion. We've got to be intentional in listening to the Holy Spirit. We've got to be intentional in being sensitive to the needs of other people. I had someone that called me on the phone yesterday. I'm over at the church working. I'm sealing a concrete floor. And my phone rang. I looked at it. I knew the, I knew the name, but I never really talked to the person before. So I answered it. I said, hello. The person on the other end said, I'm so-and-so. Do you know me? Yes. I know you. 
I know you very well. I know who you are. And they begin to cry. They say, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? And I began to pray for them. I, I, they didn't tell me what the need even was. I just began to pray for them. I began to talk and, and ask God to touch them. And, and only God, God knew what they were going, for, going through. God knew the hopelessness. God knew the desperation. And that is what I was able to do. And then I, I prayed in the Holy Ghost for them while they were on the phone. And then we talked for a while, and then I hung the phone up. And then as I continued to work, I continued to pray for that individual. You know, and that's what we've got to be willing to do, just reaching out to people, caring for people, loving people. There, there's folks that we meet. There's folks that we come into contact with, with every day, and they just seem to have it all together. But you know what? They're desperate. They're looking. They're longing. They're searching. There's an emptiness on the inside of their heart. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm totally amazed at the number of very wealthy people and entertainers who end their life at a very young age. It seemed, they seem to have absolutely everything that you could ever want in life. They seem to be on top of the mountain. They've got it all together. But the problem is they're looking, they're longing, they're hopeless. Desperate people are ready to receive. Desperate people need, they don't need money. They don't need more money. They don't need more social programs, you know. They don't need more politics, but what they need is they need Jesus Christ. They need him to touch them and heal them and to change them and to do the work that only he can do through the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. But you and I have got to be willing. We've got to be willing to connect with people. We've got to be willing to minister to the hurting and to the wounded and to the broken because every person is a pastor somewhere. And we've got to lift people up. There's no time to kick people down. You picking, get this today, understand this today, you picking someone up in Jesus' name is more important than you telling them they need to get saved. You know, we, we, look, we can look at people and get disgusted with people. You just need to get saved. You just need to get Jesus, you need to get, get the sin out of your life. No, just pick them up, love them, love on them, encourage them, lift them up today. In Jesus' name, because your actions will cause others to see Jesus. Your actions will cause others to have a desire to serve a Jesus who cares. Someone called me on the phone and said, Pastor Bob, what would you think about getting a group of the, and they don't attend this church. What would you think about getting a group of the people from your church to go down so-and-so and protest? Not really my ministry. That's not really my ministry. I, you know. I'm about preaching the gospel. I'm about seeing, seeing lives change. We could protest everything. We could, we could pass, and I'm all for being part of the political process. I, I'm all part of finding out what the issues are and, and voting for the right. I'm all for that, okay? But it's not going to be the, my, the heartbeat of what I do. Okay, it's, it's lifting up Jesus. And I'm, I'm, I'm cautious and careful about the things that I say, you know, because I don't want to drive people away by my powerful, you know, my own powerful personal agenda. I just want to love on people. I want to encourage people. I want to lift other people up. I want to pray for people. I want to do whatever I can. This morning, 
Desperate people are ready to receive Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the only hope for this world. And people are longing and looking and serving, and every person is a pastor somewhere to someone. So the question that you've got to ask yourself is, who is the someone and where is my somewhere? And I want to leave you with that today. I want you to consider that and contemplate that, all right? And if you forget it, you can get back online. You can watch the message again this week, okay? All right, let's, let's close the prayer. Dear God, right now, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you most of all that you saved us, that you set us free. You firmly planted us upon the rock of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the Word of God. The Holy Spirit has done a powerful work of transformation in our life to make us a new creature in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you brought us out of our hopelessness and desperation through Christ. But God, help us to rise up and to realize, God, that we've got something to share with other people. We've got something to share with people that might, might be desperate, people that might have physical ailments that we can see. We've got hope to share with people that look like they've got it all together that might be wealthy or affluent or that might even seem happy. But as we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we're sensitive to the needs of other people and we're like Jesus, we're looking for that opportunity to share your love and to share our faith in Christ. Help us, God. Help us. Use us. Work through us. Work in us, I pray, to bring transformation into people's lives, one person at a time, just as Jesus did to this crippled man at the pool of Bethesda. Use us and help us, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. Stand with us today, and let's just spend a few moments praising God.